You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 198. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Well, hey there. Welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and I'm not alone today. I've got my Facebook ads sidekick with me, Rick Mulready. Rick, how you doing? You had to think about how you're going to describe me right I there. No, it just was a little awkward. It wasn't coming out as planned. <laughs> you're like, is this sidekick or what? <laughs> is it the expert? Is it a guru? <laughs> Which I hate that word. Yeah, so. don't like those words. Yep, yeah. don't like those words. So I thought yes. sidekick was fun since you and I do a good job of coming on the show together and talking about what's working. I have to tell you that I was at both of your live events just a couple weeks ago here in December. Yes. And then also, what was that, October? Yep. Okay. And I had many people come up to me, like just saying how much they, you know, how, how much they liked me, you know, when I'm on the show here and yes, they like the content, but they like our banter the best. They're like, they're like, you guys just, you guys are just such a, like, just so natural when when you were on the podcast there. I think as we're always laughing, like when we're not recording something, (laughs) we're making fun of each other, teasing each other or laughing all the time. So it's a lot of fun. Speaking of making fun of each other. (laughs) You made me dance on stage at you guys, your December event. You guys, it was so good. It wasn't planned, but here's what happened. So I got everybody to choose the song they wanted to come out with. And then I introduced Rick and then I was leaving and he did like a little tiny dance move. And I was like, I am not going to let him get away with that. So I made him do it again and he full on danced on stage. I was impressed. When you made me do it again, it gave <laughs> Gave people time to get their cameras out and like Instagram story stuff. I, I kept getting all these messages it. like, yes, I did see it on Instagram. This is not good because you like Hobie, your husband and I dance about the same because I've much. seen Hobie dancing on your Instagram story around the Christmas tree and we're about yes. the same. Pretty much the same moves, you guys. Not a pretty sight. No, I'm not impressed. However, it does make me laugh every single time. <laughs> as long as that's happening. That's the beauty of Instagram stories. They go away within 24 hours. So no one can probably find that stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which exactly. is really good. Yes. And we're going to be talking about Instagram stories today. We are going to talk about Instagram stories. And I also, before we get started, I want to give Rick a shout out because here's where Rick is so unique in the sense of how he serves his students and his tribe. When he came to my event in October and then in December, he spoke, of course, about Facebook ads, but we were behind stage and I said, Rick, do you want me to kind of sneak you into the back to get lunch? And then I'll bring you back here because I wanted to make sure he had time to eat. And I knew that if he went out and talk to everybody, he'd get a bunch of questions and wouldn't be able to sit down. And Rick is always about answering questions and getting out there in the audience. And this was my audience, not Rick's. Like it wasn't his event. He didn't have to go out there. And he insisted and he didn't even sit down for lunch and he talked to everybody and answered questions, even had people open up their computers and show them their Facebook ads dashboard, (laughs) which was really cool. At one point I looked over there and he's sitting at a table with a woman and they're deep into the power editor. And I thought, holy cow, that is so very cool. So I wanted to do a public thank you for taking such great care of those who attended my live event. 
Of course. I appreciate you saying that on here. I, I love it. I mean, you get, you attract such a, a great group of people. They're all really super cool and they're all very grateful and thankful when I, when I bet. you take a few minutes with them. So it's my pleasure and I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, it was awesome. So thanks again. Absolutely. Okay. So we are getting down to the topic of the day and Rick and I always talk off, I was going to say off camera, but off audio. And we talk about what we're going to dive into when we plan for this kind of stuff. And today we decided to talk about the five recent updates slash what's working now with Facebook ads, because we haven't done an episode together where we talked about some of the changes we're seeing inside of the Facebook ad setup. And so I wanted to get into five specific areas, although we're going to cheat and probably add in a few more. And if you're cool with it, Rick, I'm going to add one right from the get go that we really didn't plan as part of the five. You good with that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Let's, okay. Let's do it. Let's jump into it. So here we go. The first question I have for you is there was a lot of talk a few months ago about the power editor completely going away. However, mm, yep. it hasn't gone away for me and it hasn't gone away for a <laughs> lot of my students. So can you talk about that change and what you're seeing? Yeah, you would have thought that the world was coming to an end that day. Right? I, I remember that distinctly waking up that morning and I had panicked students like, oh, <laughs> holy cow, what am I going to do? I still have it as well. I still have Power Editor. Okay. So just to kind of recap what basically Facebook came out, I, I want to say it was the middle of September that they came out and said that Power Editor is going to be going away, that they're just going to be merging Ads Manager and Power Editor into one tool, basically to streamline things. And it makes it makes sense, right? Yeah. And so people were kind of freaking out about that. Holy cow, what am I going to do? What is this process going to look like to set ads up and everything? And for some people, I know that Power Editor has gone away. But for myself, I know that you still have it. I know a lot of people still have it. Power Editor is still there. So when you go into, you know, load into your ads manager in the upper left-hand corner in the little hamburger menu there, there's that Power Editor. So you can still go to Power Editor. So I don't really know. To be completely honest with you, I know that Facebook is still phasing this out. So it's probably going to be one day you just go in there and it's not going to be there. But if that happens, or I should say, and when that happens, don't freak out. The only real difference to this whole thing is, is when you go to create an ad, so you're, you're going to be an ads manager, you go create ad, it's just going to give you an option, like a box is going to pop up that says, do you want to do guided creation, which you can do right now? Or do you want to do quick creation? And that quick creation is the power editor experience. It's pretty much the same thing. That's really, from what I've seen, that's the only difference with the merging of the two and the two systems, right? You know, like with power editor and ads manager, you could still look at stats within ads manager and power editor and they seldom, they seldom matched up, right? Well, it's just going to be a streamlined process where there's one tool. But for most people, for a lot of people, it hasn't happened yet. So stay tuned. Okay. So good to know. <laughs> I am glad that we still have it. I love the power editor, but it sounds like even when it goes away, it doesn't really go away. So that's a good story. Yeah. It's not, it's not a big deal. So if you go in there and you don't see it there, don't freak out. It's, it's really not a big deal. Okay, cool. Okay. So next talk to me about the big change that you've seen that you and I are actually thinking is a good thing. Well, there's a lot of them. True. That we're going to talk about. But I would say probably, are, you, are we talking about the potential audience reach size? Are we talking about that one? 
Do you want to dive into that one first? Let's dive into that one first because I was thinking of another one, but there, okay. you're right. There are so many good ones that are happening. Let's talk about this audience reach because I know my listeners are going to find this interesting. Yeah, this is one of those where it's not like necessarily an, like an update or a new feature that you're going to see within Ads Manager or anything like that. But just what we're seeing and what we've seen really over the past, the sort of the second half here of 2017 is that the potential audience reach, everyone always wants to know, like, what's the ideal audience size? And the trend has been bigger is better. Whereas used to be, we used to say like between like, say, 500,000 and say, 750, 800,000. Well, now we're seeing a million plus, a million minimum plus on the potential audience reach. Now, I know that people are freaking out like, holy cow, I'm a local business or holy cow, I'm in a small, I'm in a small niche. I'm never going to hit a million people. That's okay. Basically, what I tell people is do your best with whatever your specific business is and obviously get as targeted as you can, but be trying to think about how can I take a step back and be thinking about my target audience from a holistic level. And that's going to expand the audience size back. Now, again, if you're in a local area and you're in a small market, you just have to do the best that you can. But let's say you are marketing to a more global audience like yep. you and I do. Yep. Why do we want that audience to be a million or more? The reason for that is because the algorithm has gotten so smart and it continues to get smarter. So the more data that we can give to Facebook to work with, meaning we're giving, we're now giving them a larger audience size to work with, Facebook is looking for the people within these audiences who are most likely to take the actions. They're looking for your ideal target audience within the audiences that you are targeting. So if I'm targeting fans of Amy Porterfield, Facebook's algorithm is going to be looking for the people who within your audience who are most likely to, I don't know, as an example, convert me or register on my landing page, that sort of thing. Whatever the action that we want them to take, Facebook is looking for those people within the target audiences that we are targeting. So with that, the more data that we can give to Facebook to work with, the better that the algorithm is working. So for that reason, we're seeing the larger audience sizes work the best. And that, you know, so a million plus, and we used to really not go above, say, 2 million-ish. You know, when, when you do a 1% lookalike audience, for example, that audience size is in that, you know, sort of 2 million to 2.1 million. And we tended not to go above that. Well, if you're, if it makes sense for your business and makes sense for your target audience, I would be testing larger audiences as well, meaning a million plus up into that maybe four, five, six million people Again, if it makes sense for your specific business and the audience that you're trying to reach. Okay, cool. All right. So, so good to know. And also, are you still suggesting that at the ad set level, you are keeping your audiences separate so you know what's working? Well, good question. We are starting to combine interests within ad sets like interests, like so ones that are similar. So I wouldn't target, I always use it as an example, I wouldn't target fans of Amy Porterfield and the Wall Street Journal within the same ad set because they're not, you know, they're not relevant. But I might target Amy Porterfield and James Wedmore in the same ad set because, 
you know, similar types of, of businesses, similar types of, of audiences there. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. So we are combining, uh, we are starting to combine interests, not all the time, but we are starting to combine interests within an ad set in order to get that audience size up to increase that potential reach or potential audience size, excuse me, just like we were just talking about. Okay. Got it. So that makes sense. You combining so you can get those numbers up. Yep. All right. Awesome. I'm just looking at my notes here. Let's go into budget optimization at the campaign level. Yeah. So this is a new one that just I just got it in my system probably about a week and a half or so ago. And so depending on when this when this episode goes live, you may or may not have it in your system yet. But Facebook has rolled out this thing called budget optimization at the campaign level. So we now have the option to set a budget at the campaign level, which then allows Facebook to dynamically optimize that budget across the ad sets that you're running. So normally we would say, oh, okay, so we'll set up we'll set up our campaign. And then at the ad set level, we go in and set up our budget and we set up our budget per ad set. Right. So like let's just say we have a five hundred dollar budget and we if we're doing it at the ad set level, then it let's just say we have 10 ad sets and we want to do them equal. So we have fifty dollars per ad set. Well, then after, say, three to four days, when we start to optimize the ad sets ourselves, meaning we go in and we I take for granted people that people know what that word means, optimize. Let's just talk about it just in case. Okay, optimize. <laughs> people like I use that word, they like glass over. And I'm like, <laughs> they're like, wait, what are you talking about? I've been doing this for 18 years. I just take it for granted. So slow me down a little bit. <laughs> slow so, it down. Slow it down already. So what it, what it means to optimize, all I mean by that is when you go in to look at your ads and look at the stats, you know, the metrics that are the numbers that you're getting from your ads, you're trying to make decisions based on what you are seeing. So when we're optimizing, we're like, okay, what kind of edits do we need to make? Do we need to stop this ad? set, move budget over here, that sort of thing. So it's it, it goes into like, okay, what are we going to stop? What kind of edits are we going to make? Are we going to start to scale? That's kind of optimization. I kind of group all that together. Okay. So when we, so traditionally, if we have, let's just say we have $500 to spend and we have 10 ad sets. And so we're going to break that up evenly, $50 per ad set, just as an example here. So we would have to go in and determine the winning ad sets, quote unquote, and move budget around ourselves. We would do it manually. Well, now Facebook is giving us an option to that they will do that for you. So you set the budget, the $500 at the campaign level. And then among, in our example here, among those 10 ad sets, Facebook will automatically move that budget around based on which ad sets are performing the best. So they're dynamically optimizing the budget for us towards the best performing ad sets. I feel like this could be a really good thing. Would you agree with that? I do. And, and this is something, you, you know, as I always say, you just got to test it out yep. to see to see if it works. But this is something new. I'm excited to be testing it out. Like I said, I just got it about a week and a half or so ago. So I'm definitely excited to test this out. And if it works like it's supposed to, and again, it's all about testing, but if it works like it's supposed to and how they have set this up and the, the reasons behind it, it could be really interesting. I agree. And the less 
my students have to do to figure this all out inside the ads manager, in my opinion, the better, if we can trust it. So we'll keep you all updated as we start to use it and experiment with it, but we wanted to make you aware of it. I will also add a picture in the show notes to show you what it looks like if you have it. Sometimes people are like, I don't even know if I have this new feature. So I'm going to show you what it would look like if you do have it so you can look for it. Yeah, exactly. Cool. All right. Now, one of the other things we're going to talk about, I think, a little bit a little bit further down is probably relevant to talk about right now. Okay. The whole target cost and stuff like that, as far as the bid strategy. Do you want to, do you want to just kind of mention that? Let's talk about it now. Yeah. So when you go in and you're setting up your ads, so if you do this, if you're if you do what we're just talking about here, like the whole budget optimization at the campaign level, then you're going to get two different options there: the the lowest cost and the target cost. And this is so this is different language than what we've seen in the past. So if you're doing what we're talking about right here, where it's the budget optimization at the campaign level, you're going to see this. If you don't use the campaign or the budget optimization at the campaign level, then at the normally like we've always done it at the ad set level, you have the bid strategy option. And so you've got these two things now where remember it was called automatic bidding. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And so automatic bidding is now called lowest cost. Okay. Okay. That's all it really is. They just it just sort of changed it just changed the language on it. And right here it says get the most results for your budget across ad sets. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yep. And then the other option is target cost. And target cost is simply the previous manual bidding option where, you know, if you pretty much know what your target cost should be, what your cost per acquisition should be, your cost per lead, you can put it in there. So it's you're pretty much saying, okay, you know what? I want to do $8 and you put that in there, okay? So where you're manually bidding versus the automatic bidding, which is the lowest cost. Does that make sense? It does, but which one is best to choose? I would do the automatic bidding. The lowest cost. Yeah, unless you're super advanced and you really, really know your numbers and you know, you really you're really dialing in those numbers, you know exactly what a lead cost should be for you, which results in whatever your cost per sale and cost per customer is. Unless you have all that dialed in, I'd be going with automatic bidding. Okay, cool. Which you keep saying that it's not called that anymore. <laughs> or it's the lowest cost. I'm sorry, you're get with the program, right. Rick. Thank you for correcting me. I appreciate that. <laughs> Wait, so. side note, I just called you Rick and it reminded me of something. I saw somebody post on Instagram after our live event and called you Ricky. And I so I so loved it. That's your fault. Just just so you know, everyone, Rick does not like to be called Ricky. And I did so on stage as just for fun. But then when I saw someone called him Ricky, I thought maybe I better not do that. (laughs) I have there's when I go back to New Hampshire and I'm visiting, I I run into like family friends or people I've you know known growing up. There's like three or four people that still call me Ricky (laughs) to this day, and it drives me crazy. It's such a cute. (laughs) name. I you really know, like you know, it. they're longtime family friends when they're calling me Ricky exactly. still and you're running to them in small town Hampton, New Hampshire. <laughs> I, I love it. I think it's adorable. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so sorry about that. Okay. So we talked about lowest cost and target cost, which is yep. the campaign bid strategy. Again, I'll show you images of all of this in the show notes. You'll also see that though at the ad set level, if you're not doing this whole budget optimization at the campaign oh. level, which we talked about. Yeah, you'll also see that at the ad set level. So if you see that, don't freak out. It just 
I mean, we just described what it is. It's pretty much the same thing that has always been. They just kind of changed the terminology of it. Cool. Okay. Nice. All right. So where should we go next? I think we should talk about this whole this new feature of the ability to customize ads for different placements. Awesome. This one was new to me. Talk to me about what that even means. Yeah, this is brand new. Again, this is this popped into my ads manager, I don't know, a week or again, week ago, week and a half ago at the time they're recording this. And we actually talked about this in our last episode. We talked about Instagram. Okay. One of my biggest frustrations when choosing automatic placements, you know, Facebook says recommended. So this is at the ad set level and you're choosing where you want your ad to run, right? Do you want it to run like mobile newsfeed, desktop newsfeed? Do you want it to run Instagram, all that other stuff? So one of the biggest frustrations I've had was I want to do automatic placements because by doing that, you're allowing Facebook's algorithm to optimize your ads and get you the best results among all the placements, which is great. But I don't want the same ad running on Facebook to run on Instagram. Right. Because, right. because it's a different platform. You know, it's a different native platform. People act a different way on Instagram and their functionality is different, right? You can't put a link in the copy and have somebody click it in an Instagram post as you can in Facebook. So for all these different reasons, I've never really liked running the same Facebook ad, or I should say the same ad on Facebook that I do on Instagram. And we've tested this out and we've tried to like let the algorithm do its thing. And we didn't see very good results running that same ad. So because of that, during our last launch in November, we broke out the Instagram placement by itself, had a, you know, we, we did a specific image and the copy was different to, again, be more native to Instagram. And it performed really, really well. Well, Facebook is now rolling out the ability to customize different images or videos for each placement within a single ad set here. So cool. I feel like they really are understanding that there's different platforms and different communication on both or on each of them. Yeah, exactly. So this is not for every placement. I think it's like four at the time that we are talking about this right now. So at the placement level, you will probably see a little message that says new where you can, you know, you customize the assets they're calling it. And so all you really do is you, you click on edit placements instead of the automatic placements. You click on edit placements and then there's now an option that says asset customization. Select all placements that support asset customization and you click that link and that will allow you to create different variations of your ad to reflect the different placements that you want to run in all within the same ad set. I think this is a game changer, actually. Okay, I'm going to add an image so you all can see where it is inside of your ad setup and what it looks like. However, talk to me about why this is a game changer. Well, it kind of goes back to what we are just talking about because Facebook really does want you to choose. I mean, they have the word recommended next to automatic placements. And the reason for that is because the algorithm is set up, again, to get you results based on where people are interacting. So your target audience, so I'm, again, I'm targeting fans of Amy Porterfield. Well, they might be on Instagram stories, which we're going to talk about. If I don't choose that, if I go to edit placements and I don't choose Instagram stories, well, I'm losing out on that placement, obviously, versus if I do automatic placements and I'm running a 15 second video and I want to do Instagram stories, then it would run, they would run that 15 second across 
the placements where that 15 second video is okay to run. And it would find me the results. It'd find me the actions. It'd find me the audience where those results are happening. Okay. And because again, the algorithm is designed to optimize, to get you the results automatically. And so because of that, if I do automatic placements and I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to run on Facebook and on Instagram. Well, again, it goes back to up until now, we had to run the exact same ad on both placements, which isn't a good user experience. And again, because, because Instagram is a very different platform from, from Facebook. Well, now we can choose edit placements and then do that where it says asset customization. And so we can take care of all this within the same ad set. We don't have to, it's just this, everything that we're talking about here as far as the budget optimization, as far as this goes, and we're, I mean, Facebook is coming out or has come out with like split testing features, which we're not going to get into today, but it's all designed to let Facebook's algorithm do the work for you and make it easier for you to take advantage of all the different assets you have available to you. Okay. So I've got a question tying back what you talked about earlier. So we talked about this whole idea of optimizing the budget at the campaign level, right? And now we're talking about the fact that you can customize ads for different placement inside of ad set. Yep. So are you saying that let's say I am running an Instagram story ad and a Facebook newsfeed ad in one ad set? Yes. As long as obviously the video is, you know, meets spec. Yes. So let's say it's all set up and it's, it's in an ad set. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that at the campaign level, Facebook is going to look at the Instagram story ad and the Facebook newsfeed ad and actually decide between those two, which one is doing better and put the budget there. Well, no, because it's going to be doing it in this example here that you're saying it's going to be doing it at the ad set level. Okay. And so it'll optimize among ad sets, but after it's running, you can then go into ads manager and do a breakdown of the placements that are performing best within the ad set. Oh, I get it. So the ad set would be seen as a whole in terms of budget optimization, but then you could go into that ad set and turn one off or turn one on. Exactly. You, You can go into that ad set, use the breakdown option by placement and see which of these performing the best. You're like, oh, mobile newsfeed is killing it. Desktop newsfeed, you know, I'm not getting many results there. So I know where the majority of my results are coming from. So I can, again, optimize accordingly. Gotcha. Keep in mind too, with this whole asset customization right now, I think the number is four. Facebook is only doing this among four placements. Okay. Makes sense. I'm sure that will, that will expand out, but it's, it's not all the placements that they offer. Okay. At this point. Okay, cool. Okay. Keep us moving. What else you got? Well, this is not necessarily something that's new, but I really think that this is going to become even bigger in 2018. And it's something that has become a real big sexy conversation here in 2017. And that's messenger ads. Okay. And this whole thing around messenger ads, people, I mean, I just did my, as you know, you were, you were there at my live event here in San Diego last weekend at the time we're recording this. And I had people asking about messenger ads when, in reality, <laughs> they need to get the basics down first and get the basic strategy down and get some results before they go jumping into trying to figure out bots and using many chat and all this other stuff, which are super, super effective. 
And if when use right can be super effective, but I really think that messenger ads are going to be even bigger in 2018 because they give you that ability to have personalized conversations with your target audience. So let's back up a little bit really fast. Talk to my listeners about what a messenger ad looks like. Like, how do you know that it's an ad inside messenger? There's a few different things. And that's, that's good that we, that we're breaking it down a little bit. First of all, you can set up an ad that runs in the newsfeed that when people click on the ad, it launches Messenger so that the person who's clicking can have a conversation with you as the advertiser right then and there within Messenger. The other type of Messenger ad is actually having a message within someone's Facebook Messenger. So you're sending them a message within their Messenger, and there's different ways that you can do this. I'm primarily in what we're talking about here. Granted, there's, I mean, we could do a whole episode here on messenger ads, but I just wanted to bring this up because this is something to definitely be thinking about. How can you be having more personalized conversations with your target audience to move them along your, to be providing content, to be answering questions, to be providing value? These are all things that Facebook wants you to be doing. How can you be doing that? And messenger ads are a great way to do that. One of the things that we ran during our recent launch that we I just learned this morning performed really, really well from a direct revenue standpoint in the launch is, and we use ManyChat, which connects to Messenger. And that's what the whole automation, where the whole automation comes in. But I know that you and I have talked about this, but you know how you can set up an ad where it says comment below, like write, I don't know, manager below in the comments. And that just the fact that they do that triggers the messenger, you know, messenger pops up and that starts the conversation in messenger. You've seen that, right? We talked about that. Okay. So that was really, really powerful for us because we did that for my ad manager launch in November. And we learned this morning because we use, we're able to tie directly to revenue. That messenger ad did extremely well for us from a revenue, like it directly affected revenue for the launch. And what that what that did is it allowed us to have conversations with people. Yes, it was it started out as an automated conversation, but then after that, because they're on my messenger list, I can go in and have personalized conversations with them. So I can talk to them on a one-on-one basis. And I really think this is going to get a lot more important and powerful in 2018. Now, a quick caveat and then we can move on from this is Please, for anybody listening who wants to do Messenger ads, please remember that Messenger ads are a permission-based marketing channel. This is not like, I'm going to just push my stuff out. I'm going to spam people within Messenger. Do it the right way, okay? Treat it from a permission-based approach. Again, we should probably do an episode on this at some point, a whole episode on it. But treat it from a permission-based approach, meaning like, would you like to hear more about X, Y, or Z? Or, hey, I'm doing this. Are you interested in learning more about it? Or asking a question like, hey, what would you like to learn more about? It's the question base, like you're, you're posing it to them rather than saying, hey, I'm doing X, Y, Z. Here's the link or something like that. So just approach it. Don't be spammy with it. But I think messenger ads are only going to get bigger in 2018. And they're a really, really great opportunity. 
I totally agree with that. And the last thing I'll add, and then we'll move on to our next section, is that I really like this idea of messenger ads, especially if you're doing a high-end mastermind or a high-end coaching program where you don't need thousands of people to respond, but you do want to get in there personally, like you said, because then if it's, let's say, 20 people that start engaging with you via messenger ad, you do have the bandwidth to get in there and talk to them one-on-one. Absolutely. I mean, and we do it as part of our retargeting strategy after webinars. So so we'll run messenger ads to everybody who registered for the webinar to ask them a question like, hey, is there anything that we could help with? Do you have a, you know, do you have a follow-up question about whatever it is? And then they click the, like I say, my team and I are here. I don't know, I forget what the exact messaging is, but I let them know that we're available. You click the click the button to message message us now. And these ads work really, really well. And everyone's always like, oh, this isn't you, Rick, or whatever. This is a bot. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I get kind of smart assy at that point. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's really me. Like, how can I help? But they are very, very powerful because you get, to, again, like you're saying, you get to have that direct conversation with people. I love it. Okay. Yeah. That's so yep. good. Okay. So we have just a few more. Which one do you want to move on to next? I think two more things that we should talk about. Okay. And these are kind of quicker things. Just a quick stat here for you. So Cyber Monday, right after Thanksgiving here in the States, we all know Cyber Monday is a big online shopping day. $2 billion were from shopping on mobile on Cyber Monday. That's insane. $2 billion. $2 billion mobile shopping day on Cyber Monday. Jeez. That is crazy. So why are we sharing this? Well, we're talking about this right now because if you're not focusing on mobile and video in your advertising strategy, you're missing out. It's where everything is going. It really has gone, frankly. I think the number was like 1.4 billion on on smartphones and like 600 million on like tablets and you know iPads wow. and stuff like that. So you've got to be thinking about the mobile user when you're doing like how is your advertising strategy geared towards the mobile user, both types of ads that you're doing and also video, because obviously video is being consumed on mobile so much. So good. Okay. Yeah. Mobile and video. Just want you guys to keep that in mind. Okay. Part two to that is Facebook is now testing pre-roll ads. Yeah, so this was interesting. Talk to them about that. Yeah, so this is not like necessarily, you know, videos in the newsfeed. You're going to have to sit through a pre-roll ad. So Facebook Watch. Facebook Watch is this separate part of, it's within Facebook, but it's a separate section in Facebook that is really geared towards the longer form content, longer form videos. Much like people will watch a TV show, maybe like a Netflix show, Facebook has created this Facebook Watch and they're longer form videos. And it's in it's in these videos in Facebook Watch that Facebook is starting to test pre-roll ads. Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg have always been against pre-roll ads because of the user experience. Well, they feel like now that they're moving towards longer form content in this Facebook watch section and scenario here on Facebook, they're thinking, they're testing again, that people will be more, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of comfortable, okay with it. Because just like you are with like a TV show, like if you're going to be watching a TV show on a regular basis, you're okay. You know, you're you're probably not okay with it, but you're more accepting of a commercial before the program starts. This is a much different type of mindset than just flipping through like the newsfeed that you would normally on Facebook. So this is something to keep an eye on. This is something I'm definitely keeping an eye on. This is definitely a shift that's going on on Facebook as far as towards longer form content because 
Why? The longer the content, Facebook is trying to say, well, you're going to spend more time on Facebook and thus more advertising dollars in there. So again, they're trying to protect the user experience. They're trying to do it in the right quote unquote way. So that's why they're starting to test this out within the Facebook watch section there on Facebook, which again is a whole other conversation. I think that's a really, really interesting opportunity to be creating longer form content. And I'm not talking about news. I'm talking about just for the Facebook watch section. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yep. The final topic is fun. I like this one. I want to preface it with, we've already talked about this a little bit, but at the time that we talked about it, the last time Rick was on the show, Rick hadn't ran a lot of Instagram story ads yet. And he recently had a really good experience with them. So I wanted him to talk about his experience and what you're seeing with Instagram story ads. And let's talk about what an Instagram story ad is first. Yeah, so this is the the 15 second video. So if you're on Instagram stories and you're flipping through and you're watching your friend's little videos there, what do you, that sounds such like an old person, I say, <laughs> watching their friend's well, little you videos. You did say emoticon last time you were on my show. Don't even so. go down here. Jeez, <laughs> emoji. On Instagram stories, if you're flipping through Instagram stories, you will see an ad. You'll start to see ads now. And these are just 15 second video ads and people can swipe up. I think we were questioning that, or I was questioning that in the last episode where we talked about Instagram. You can swipe up. You can have the swipe up feature when you do an Instagram story ad, even if you have less than 10,000 people or 10,000 followers on your Instagram account. Yes. And so Instagram story ad, that's all it is. It's a 15 second ad that Instagram will show among all the Instagram story ads that, or excuse me, all the Instagram story videos that you are watching. And one thing to think about when you are creating, it's 15 seconds and make sure again, going back to the type of platform that Instagram is and the type of videos that people do with Instagram stories, this should be fun and entertaining. So have some fun with it. And we did it, or I did it for my launch in November. And I actually created a video on top of the standard hotel in New York city when we were there for the mastermind. And I created a video with the skyline of New York in the background, 15 second quick video. I just let people know about the webinars that I had coming up. I I posed a quick question at the very beginning to kind of catch people's attention. I put some text, you know, some, some stuff that you can do all within all within Instagram stories there, like, you know, turn the volume on or something, free workshop, put some text there. And I did this really late in the game, like really late in the launch. And I just looked at numbers this morning and it brought in quite a few sales from this one 15 second ad. They're so powerful. It's crazy how powerful. And here's what I love about Instagram story ads. They're just 15 seconds. And so as a marketer, it is stressful and sometimes overwhelming to think about all the stuff you have to create for an ad, especially like a Facebook video ad. You got to record the video, write the copy, do all the stuff that makes a Facebook video ad great. Insta story, like you said, it's a 15 second video and you add some emojis and you're good to go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just kind of plan it a little bit just so you're, yeah. that you're really clear in what you want to talk about. Because again, you only have 15 seconds. You're going to be doing you know, quite a few takes <laughs> you on You do it. about 20 takes, but yeah. it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You get better as the more that you test it out. And this is going to be a big part of our strategy in 2018 because it works so well. I know that you're using it in your strategy right now. And it's like, again, it's so easy to do and they're really powerful. 
very. So I really encourage you guys do it now before everybody else jumps on the band. Yeah, bad, exactly. How do you say it? Bandwagon. And, and, bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> and they are not working as well. That happens, you know, when things get more and more popular. So I want Absolutely. you all to experiment with them now. And that's yep. a perfect place to end this session because I know this episode was all about changes and updates and what's working out of Facebook ads, but Facebook ads and Instagram ads, I feel that we should be exploring both worlds. And I don't want my audience to just focus all of their attention on Facebook ads because there's some cool things going on on Instagram as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ricky, thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Always a good time. Always love coming on here. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to see you again. And where can people find out more about you? Maybe this is the first time they've experienced your magic. Yeah. And also, what are you working on right now? Well, the Art of Pay Traffic podcast is where people can go listen. RickMulready.com is my website. My new website is not done. So we're still a couple months away. Long story. <laughs> And right now, I mean, we're working on planning 2018. I've also introducing a brand new group coaching program Yes, in 2018, which is a 12-month exclusive group coaching program that I'm really excited about. We actually just let people know about it at the time recording this, this week. And people are really excited about it. It might be totally full by the time this episode airs, but just in case it's not, what is it called? It's called the Accelerator. The Accelerator. Yeah, people can learn more about the Accelerator Group Coaching Program at rickmulready.com forward slash accelerator. Awesome. So just yeah. in case we make the timing right for this episode, I wanted people yeah. to be able to find it. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. And I noticed that I've been talking to my listeners, calling them people or my audience. And it feels very weird. For some reason, I feel awkward with how I'm addressing all of you. Just know that all of you are so important to me. And sometimes I sound awkward. Did you even notice that? I just call them people. <laughs> it just sounds <laughs> my, my, weird. Yeah. No, I didn't even notice it. My friends, my friends, my listeners, yeah. I adore you all. I say my friends a lot on my show. I yeah. like that, my friends. Yeah. So thanks yeah. for listening, my friends. And we cannot wait to meet you here again. Rick will be on again soon. Every month or month and a half, we try to get him on. So thanks again, Rick, for being here. Absolutely. Always, always have fun here. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com. 